When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'll be your host for today, William Ingalls, and we are less than 72 hours away from Bears football officially being back in season. This week, we've already scouted the opponent with Titletown Sound and chatted with Patrick Finley to get you guys geared up for game day at Lambeau Field. And now it's time to go through our five key matchups to Sunday's game against Green Bay. The way I'm going to do this is a little bit different from last year. I'm going to go through our five key matchups, but I do have one particular matchup, which I'm calling our Game Breaker of the Week. This will be the matchup that is most key for both teams to take advantage of in order to win the game. And instead of going through each matchup and giving who I think will have the edge in each, I'm going to go through all five matchups before I go through with the winning edge in each individual matchup uh, at the very end of the podcast. So without further ado, let's dive right on in to my first key matchup of the game, which will be Devontae Adams versus Kyle Fuller. Now in the past, uh, Devontae Adams has been able to kind of creep in the shadows a little bit with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb kind of doing the heavy lifting, allowing Devontae Adams to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And he's a very talented receiver. So when teams weren't able to pay complete attention to him, he was really able to take advantage. However, that's no longer going to be the case. Devontae Adams is now the face of this Packers receiving core, and he will not have the luxury of going underneath the radar. However, he still has the ability to take over games. In 2016, when the Bears were matched up uh, without Kyle Fuller uh, to guard him, Devontae Adams had 13 receptions for 132 yards and two touchdowns in the Lambeau meeting in 2016. Now, of course, like I said, that was without Kyle Fuller at the helm, but that is exactly what kind of damage a receiver like Devontae Adams can do to your uh, defensive backfield if you don't have the proper guys to cover him. However, that said, in 2017, when the Packers came to Soldier Field, he had five receptions for 90 yards and one touchdown against Kyle Fuller in the last meeting between these two teams. So this is going to be a very key matchup because if the Bears and Kyle Fuller can shut down Devontae Adams, your receiving threats significantly go down. You have Jimmy Graham, who provided I think the Packers will use him a lot better than Seattle showcased him. 
you know, he's still a threat, but when your top two threats are going to be Jimmy Graham and Randall Cobb, I think your potential for offensive efficiency goes down significantly when you take away the team's best receiver. I mean, when you think about the things that uh, Bill Belichick does with the Patriots and why they're so successful defensively on most occasions is that they take away the team's best option and best weapon, and it forces them to adapt and be productive elsewhere. Moving on to our second matchup of the week. We're going to have Trey Burton and Deion Sims versus Packers outside linebackers, edge rushers, which would be Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. It's no secret that Clay Matthews has had a lot of success against Chicago in the past. He normally gets to the quarterback at least once per game, whether he's getting home on the sack or whether he's at least causing havoc and pressuring and getting a quarterback hit. He has always been a very pertinent factor in each and every Bears-Packers matchup since he's been in the league. The matchup that especially stands out is uh, last season when the Bears played in Lambeau, I want to say week four. Mike Lennon obviously is not exactly the most elusive quarterback, but Clay Matthews had three sacks in that game, forced a fumble early on, and really set the tone in that game. However, that's not to take anything away from his counterpart on the defensive linebacking core with Nick Perry in the last game against the Bears, the one at Soldier Field with Mr. Bisky playing. Nick Perry had three sacks as well. So both of these guys are not slouches. And normally you would say these guys are going to be matched up against the tackles, Charles Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey. However, with uh, the way that Matt Nagy likes to run an offense, tight ends are going to be on the field a lot throughout the game. And oftentimes there's going to be more than one. So whether that's Deion Sims lined up in line and Trey Burton's in the backfield at kind of that H-back position, I think these guys are going to be on the field for the majority of the game, especially with Adam Shaheen out for this matchup. So whether they are one-on-one. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. In pass protection, which I don't think will be incredibly common, But even if they are giving chip help, they need to be extremely cautious and also effective in making sure that Mr. Bisky is kept clean, keeping Clay Matthews and Nick Perry off his back for the entirety of the game. Because this is, I think a lot of people uh, going into this matchup believe this game will be incredibly close. And uh, one possession game can be blown open by a mistaken protection and allowing force fumble, strip sack, and really altering field position or ending a drive. If we go back to that Mike Lennon uh, start, which I'll try to stay off the Mike Lennon uh, memories for the most part after this, because I don't like going back to them either. But the Bears were moving the ball relatively effectively in that first half. But uh, multiple drives ended with uh, fumbles, so there was that uh, there was that drive where I want to say the Bears were at least near the red zone, and uh, there was a miscommunication between Mike Glennon and uh, the center at the time. And those kinds of mistakes provided that one wasn't warranted by the pass rush. But those kind of mistakes are the type that can really change the tides in a game like this. Not to say that mistake really changed the tide in that game. I think we kind of understood where both teams were at that time, but. A mistake like that in a game with uh, this talent level and a game that we project to be this tight could really be a game changer. Third matchup of the week will be Mitchell Trubisky versus the Packers' new defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin. 
Uh, Mike Patton has, uh, for those who don't know, is a Rex Ryan descendant. So for those of you who don't know, that means he's extremely aggressive from the defensive play calling standpoint. If there's one thing that I would say Trubisky has been extremely weak in early in his career, it's definitely reading a defense and exploiting its weaknesses. I think his accuracy and especially his accuracy on the move is incredible. But when it comes to diagnosing what the defense is giving up, I think he struggles with that to this point. And that could spell a lot of trouble uh, for Trubisky, especially with someone who likes to blitz as much as Mike Patton. The key to beating the blitz is uh, targeting the receiver who is uh, going to the space that the blitzer just left because they're going to have more. You're going to have more time to fit that ball in there because you're going to have a safety coming down from uh, from a large distance away, or you're going to have a linebacker running out from kind of that center of the line of scrimmage uh, near the ball out to the where the receiver is going. You're going to have more time to fit that ball in from where the blitzer has left. Um, so Trubisky is going to need to be really dialed in is going to really need to work on recognizing who's coming and when. Otherwise, Mike Pettin is a guy who can really take over a game from a play-calling standpoint if uh, the quarterback isn't prepared. Um, one thing I will say, and I'll definitely go into this a lot more when we get to the winning edge section, but Trubisky this time does have a lot more weapons, and uh, the Bears will not be nearly as predictable as with John Fox. So that's definitely something to keep in mind while Trubisky, like I said, has not shown uh, reading a defense to be a particular strength of his to this point in time. I will say that having a more diverse offense will definitely take a little bit of that pressure off of him, regardless of whether he's dramatically improved that ability to read the field. Going on to our fourth matchup, I have the Packers' new defensive end, Muhammad Wilkerson, against uh, the Bears' right tackle, Bobby Massey. Muhammad Wilkerson is a type of athlete who is very special. He honestly, in a lot of ways, his athleticism mirrors that of J.J. Watt uh, in his prime to where he can line up and cause havoc both inside and outside. For this uh, for this matchup, I see a lot of time uh, having Muhammad Wilkerson uh, go against Bobby Massey. Uh, mostly for the fact that Muhammad Wilkerson has really blends power and speed, but I really think uh, the Packers will see that uh, Wilkerson may have an advantage on Bobby Massey uh, from the speed aspect. I think Bobby Massey is a very good straight-ahead player. I think power-wise, Massey is a very good uh, right tackle when it comes to that aspect. The problem is when it comes to speed rush, Massey in the past has uh, struggled mightily against that. But I will also open up the idea that if Eric Kush is getting significant time or start at guard, that Muhammad Wilkerson could be going uh, to both Kush and Bobby Massey, which honestly may cause more confusion for both of them because you never know exactly where Wilkerson is going to go. So that's definitely a matchup to keep an eye on because... Uh, like I said, between Matthews, Perry, and then Wilkerson, you have three guys who are very dynamic from a pass rush standpoint that Mike Pettin is going to get to play with now. And uh, while I wouldn't say he blitzes as much as uh, some teams in the league, I think uh, specifically of uh, Betcher in uh, Arizona, when he used to be in Arizona, he was definitely someone who blitzed a whole lot. He doesn't blitz as much as Betcher per se, but he is someone who definitely likes to uh, take down a distance into mind and take team tendencies into mind and definitely blitz whenever possible or whenever the cost uh, to risk benefit benefits the Packers more, which, like I said in the past uh, with the Bears, if it's a third and long situation, which most teams will blitz on, but obviously you have uh, a team like the Bears who almost always threw on third and long last year with a straight drop back. That's somewhere where Mike Pettin would uh, obviously blitz at that point. But he obviously will go further into the tendencies of the Bears, probably from Matt Nagy's offense in Kansas City, and figure out when they like to drop back uh, and pass or when they like to run right um, in a particular down and distance. 
So that's going to be something that's definitely important to watch from that standpoint. And for this week's Game Breaker, I have Danny Gervathan versus Ty Montgomery in the Packers' backfield. Uh, since Vic Fangio has taken over as defensive coordinator, Bears have actually struggled to stop the run overall against the Packers. In 2015, Eddie Lacy had some good performances. Uh, he had 17 carries for 105 yards, I believe, in that Thanksgiving Day performance, and then 19 carries for 85 yards in that Week 1 opener in 2015. Um, however, the matchup here is against Ty Montgomery, who for some reason uh, has really given the Bears fits throughout uh, every uh, major playing time he's had in the backfield. Obviously, that the 2016 matchup in Soldier Field comes to mind where he had 16 carries for 162 yards and two touchdowns. The Bears had no concept of being able to tackle him in that performance. However, he's uh, deceptively been very productive in uh, the other matchups since that point. He had six carries for 90 yards, five carries for 28 yards, and six carries for 54 yards in the other three contests uh, between the other contests in 2016 and the two contests in 2017. That's an extremely productive uh, stat line. You know, obviously, the between only having six carries, five carries, and six carries doesn't seem like a lot. But when you think about it, between these four performances, he's averaged over 10 yards per carry, which is absolutely insane. Um, and I know what you're thinking. How about we take out that one 2016 performance where he ran wild for 16 for 162? Well, I hate to tell you this, but the numbers between the two, uh, if, if even if you take out that 16-yard performance, you're still talking about a 10-yard per carry average. If you have the, uh, if you add in that 16 carry performance, he has 33 carries for 332 yards. If you take it out, he has 17 carries for 172 yards. So that average almost stays exactly the same, regardless of whether you take out that monster, uh, monster performance in 2016 at Soldier Field. So. The Bears have really struggled in uh, bringing down Montgomery, and that's even after Trevathan uh, has played multiple games against Montgomery. So with uh, with the addition of uh, Cleo Mack uh, and uh, additionally Roquan Smith, it's really up to Trevathan in my mind to uh, not only uh, lead, this, uh, lead this defensive unit, but also be largely responsible for scraping over the top and making sure Montgomery hits the turf. And I know that Jamal Williams will also be carrying some of the load, but... Uh, if you look at the averages between Jamal Williams against the Bears and Ty Montgomery, uh, if I were uh, Mike McCarthy, I'd definitely be uh, handing Montgomery the ball until the Bears show that they can stop on him, stop him on a consistent basis. Because to this point, they just haven't. Uh, so that's why that's my game breaker of the of the week. Because if you can make the Packers one dimensional, that's when a guy like Khalil Mack can really take over the game, and also Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd as well from a pass rushing standpoint, because that's allowing them to not have to worry about setting an edge anymore. They are able to just rip through the gaps uh, that they're assigned to. They can pin their ears back and just focus on getting after Aaron Rodgers. If you can shut down that run game, that becomes a possibility. But until you do that, they're going to have to respect both aspects uh, of the Packers offense, including the run and pass. So those are the five matchups of the week. And now I'm going to take you through the winning edge. We're going to go back up to the top uh, against Devontae Adams and Kyle Fuller. When you And for me, when you look at this matchup, I honestly give uh, the edge to Kyle Fuller. I think that one matchup in 2017 was a bit of a fluke uh, for Kyle Fuller. I think he lost his footing a couple times. Um, I, that, the bat, that Bears team uh, coming off the bye and going against the Packers, I, they just seem to be in a bit of a funk. I don't know if it was preparation uh, with John Fox and Vic Fangio. I'm not sure if it was just uh, just a team-wide uh, lull in that performance. But 
I'm willing to give Kyle Fuller a pass on that one. And if you do that, all the matchups that Kyle Fuller's been matched up against Devontae Adams, he's largely kept him in check for the most part. So I'm confident in Kyle Fuller to be able to take away the Packers' best receiving option in Devontae Adams, and that'll leave the rest of the secondary to uh, guard the other options like Randall Cobb and Jimmy Graham. So edge Kyle Fuller for that one. Going to uh, Trey Burton and Deion Sims versus uh, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. At this point, I hate to say it, but I got to give that edge to uh, Matthews and Perry. Uh, in the past, they have just been able to really wreak havoc on uh, the Bears' uh, offensive. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Line and getting to the quarterback, whether that be Jay Cutler, Mike Lennon, uh, Brian Hoyer, uh, Matt Barkley, what have you. They've managed to have success in every single matchup to some extent. They have gotten home on the quarterback In in training camp, and uh, this is something that uh, myself, Will, Nick, and B have all discussed, and even uh, Steven Letiza when he was on the show as well, has been that the the tight ends have really seemed to struggle in those one-on-one pass rushing drills. Leonard Floyd, uh, remember the last practice that uh, I went to uh, with uh, the Bears Brothers crew, they really struggled against Leonard Floyd. He went about seven times in a row against the entire docket of tight ends, and each of them struggled against Leonard Floyd. And while Leonard Floyd definitely has a different skill set than a Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, I think that point still remains that they have struggled in pass blocking to this point. And while it might not be a one-on-one matchup, uh, I still have not seen enough from these tight ends to this point to give them the edge over two proven edge rushers, regardless of the age of Clay Matthews. I do have to give them the edge at this point. Moving on to Mitchell Trubisky versus Mike Pettin. This might be uh, one that's a, it surprised me a little bit when I looked at this. Um, I'm going to give the edge here to Mitch Trubisky, and this is largely due to the fact that I think his weapons, his new weapons here and the versatility of this offense uh, is something that Mike Pettin really hasn't had to plan for to this point especially with uh, the added element that Mark Helfritz, the offensive coordinator uh, who has a lot of uh, roots from Oregon and that uh, RPO, I think this is something that Mike Pettin's not used to uh, and not something that he'll be able to scheme up in regards to the tendencies I spoke about earlier. Uh, There's not a whole lot of film, and uh, what's also been mentioned a lot leading up to this matchup is the element of surprise. And I think that's really going to benefit Mitchell Trubisky in this offense. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give this uh, matchup to Trubisky. Uh, I, I just and I really think he could be successful, um, as, even against the blitz. I think they have the weapons now and the offense to really exploit when a team wants to try to send the blitz. Now moving on to Muhammad Wilkerson versus Bobby Massey. This is one that uh, if Wilkerson comes to play, he he easily takes this matchup in my eyes. I do not think that Bobby Massey is a phenomenal pass uh, pass pro tackle especially against someone with the tool uh, with the tools that Muhammad Wilkerson has. Uh, I hope I'm wrong and when you have a 3 4 uh, 3-4 end you know and this goes doubly for uh, Akeem Hicks as well, you're able to help a little bit more in that interior rush uh, whether that's a guard sliding over to help. Um, I, I do think there, there will be ways to help out Bobby Massey or Eric Kush for that matter like I mentioned earlier if he slides over to that direction but uh, if it's just a one-on-one matchup, uh, I don't like the Bears' odds on that one. Uh, 
Thankfully, Mitch Trubisky is a much more agile quarterback than Mike Glennon. So even if Bobby Massey um, begins to lose ground, I, I am confident in Trubisky's ability to escape the pocket a lot more than, honestly, any uh, Bears quarterback in the past 10 years to escape pressure uh, in the way that uh, Trubisky can. But to this point, I got to give the edge to Muhammad Wilkerson. And then for our game breaker, um, Ty Montgomery's success against the Bears does not make sense. Uh, that they, I, in my opinion, have had the better defensive front for a few years now. Um, but for whatever reason, Ty Montgomery has just had success against the Bears. Uh, I think Akeem Hicks, uh, sorry, I think uh, Khalil Mack provides uh, a large boost to that defensive front. And what the Packers will be able to do uh, get uh, in the run game, I think, will be hampered to some extent from Cleo Mack. But this is going to be one of those matchups that I don't believe that the Bears can tackle Ty Montgomery to this point until I watch them tackle Ty Montgomery. So to this point, um, I'm going to give that edge to Ty Montgomery as uh, begrudgingly as I must do it. I have not seen the Bears uh, consistently tackle uh, Ty Montgomery for an entire game. And I sincerely hope that this is the game that they finally start doing that. Um, and you know what? Maybe the Bear, uh, the Packers don't even hand the ball to Ty Montgomery all that much. Like I said, I think that'd be a real big lapse in game planning from uh, Mike McCarthy. But uh, I really, uh, if they hand it off to Jamal Williams, the Bears have uh, successfully stopped him. I want to say he only had about three yards per carry uh, with over 10 carries against the Bears in that 2017 matchup at Soldier Field. Uh, but... Until I see the Bears uh, consistently tackle Ty Montgomery, I'm not going to be able to give the edge to Trevathan in the Bears' defense. So wrapping up the winning edge, we have three matchups going to Green Bay and two matchups to Chicago. Is that uh, indicative of how this game will play out? I'm not saying anything in regards to that. Uh, I think all these matchups, uh, except for uh, the Muhammad Wilkerson matchup versus Bobby Massey, I think all of these matchups... Uh, are really tight, can go either way. Um, you know, one play in this matchup might define the whole entire matchup and honestly might go a long way to define the game. But uh, that's where why winning edge uh, ends up for the moment. And that wraps up our five key matchups for the game. Stay tuned because uh, the other Will, Will DeWitt, will uh, have your three keys to the game. And then uh, if you haven't heard on the podcast to this point, our pregame show is actually going to be done live. We will also record it as well, so we make sure to get it out to everyone who won't be able to make it out to uh, Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles. But if you can make it out, uh, the Man Cave Show is hosting us, and we will be doing a live show. Um, you can meet us in person, say hi, and uh, get your Bears uh, pregame podcast uh, live on this occasion. We'd love to see you guys come out. Uh, we we really love talking to you guys, really love meeting you guys, and uh, sharing uh, – our passion for a team that we all love and hope is successful this season. But that wraps it up for me. Stay tuned for more Bears coverage coming up. And until next time, bear down, Chicago. personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.